I wasn't scared about it because I actually thought I was going to be better than the teacher and I thought I was going to do more schooling than the teacher gave. Welcome to Precarious Parenting, the podcast series for people feeling overwhelmed by family life in general. Do you often wonder whether you're doing it right? Or do you wonder whether it's okay to be just a good enough parent? My name is Marie Arimar, founder of Realization Works, guiding young people and parents back to clearer thinking. And this podcast series provides the opportunity to hear real people sharing real stories about how they manage to see beyond their overwhelm. So today I'm talking to a very dear friend of mine. Uh, We've been friends since uh, 1991. Her name's Paula. And um, actually, I'm I'm godmother to her oldest son. So welcome, Paula. Hi, Marie. It's really good to talk to you. And thank you so much for um, agreeing to come on to this podcast series. And I really wanted to talk to you today about your experience of having to home teach your children. So before we go into that, would you be able just to say a little bit about yourself, you know, your home life? That would be really helpful. Yep. Hi, everybody. I'm Paula. Uh, So I, typical family, uh, husband, we both work full time, uh, live in in Bournemouth, beautiful place. Um, So yeah, full time work, have two children, one age four who's in reception, uh, Olivia, and Aidan who's age eight in year three. So as you can imagine, challenging ages. Definitely. (laughs) And how's lockdown been for you? So I think when lockdown first happened, you were having to continue to work from home. So how did how did that pan out over the period from the 21st of March, whenever it was? Yeah, so when uh, lockdown first started, schools closed. Uh, I was still working full time. Uh, so really just trying to find uh, a method of, well, the schools were trying to organize what they were doing. We were trying to find a method of what we were doing. Within two to three weeks, I was furloughed, uh, which actually was a godsend to at the beginning to work and try and find our way of homeschooling was challenging. My husband did try and um, monitor the homework, the classwork. So I would uh, provide what the school had given me and then Dave would oversee them while I took calls, do Zoom calls, do everything. Um, Then I would go downstairs and they'd be watching TV. (laughs) <laughs> and I and I was saying, well, why are they not doing any work? Well, they finished that work. So I've discovered that I don't actually think he went to school, doesn't get the, the idea behind homeschooling, and therefore everything is reverted to me. So I have done every aspect of the homeschooling since, since the start. But yes, furloughing was a godsend. Because it then it gave you the time to actually start to focus on their homeschooling? Well, with, with children that age um, and reception and year three were so different. Reception, very much about play, and year three is very structured with their literacy and their numeracy. And 
both children wanted 100% attention. It, um, yeah, yeah, I was very lucky I had two laptops. We're very lucky in this day and age that it is all technology-based. But, yeah, to keep both entertained at the same time was quite difficult. But I couldn't have done that and worked as well. They just no. wouldn't have had any homeschooling. Right. And so I know that you got to a point where you you were really, um, you said to me that you were really caught up in, in having to be the best teacher. Um, I don't know if you quite use that word, but that was a discussion we had that you had to provide the same level of schooling that they got at school. Can you talk to me about that? Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, and, and this is obviously uh, how controlled in my life I like to be and how structured I like to be. I wanted the schooling to start at nine o'clock. Um, at the beginning, it was like their school and they wanted it to be like school with a snack break, a set time. Um, and when the school sends information out, I felt it all had to be achieved. I remember going to a parents' evening and they were saying my son wasn't achieving his um, literacy, his writing wasn't great. And I challenged them to say, well, is that not your job to get them up to that level? Um, and I couldn't understand why. Uh, therefore, you know, when the homeschooling aspect, I wasn't scared about it because I actually thought I was going to be better than the teacher. And I thought, well, I can do this. You know, it's no problem at all. Follow the structure, follow the rules. In fact, I was going to do, in my head, I was going to do more schooling than what the teacher gave because um, I wanted my child, to, my children, to be better than all the rest of them. Uh, um, an interesting comment was... Uh, Aidan said to me, you know, you, about you give boss too much work to do, you're trying too hard. He said, I know you want me to go to university, mum, but I'm only eight years old. <laughs> and I thought, oh, goodness, yeah. But uh, but actually, he is going to go to university <laughs> if it kills me. <laughs> well, um, well when, when he said that to you, you know, when your eight-year-old son gave you that feedback, which is basically what he did, you know, what, what happened for you? What, what did you actually hear in that moment? I, 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 it's, it's a, it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? You want to be the best teacher and you want to be the best mum. And I think sometimes the two were overshadowing um, and I, I needed to, probably relax a bit more uh, and you know I, it didn't have to be the perfect day and when you look at probably what they do within their school day it's only about two or three hours work if that uh, whereas I was trying to get as much as possible uh, you know at the beginning everybody wanted to be the best mom and the best teacher we were doing arts and crafts and we were growing things and we were cooking and you, you know that doesn't last for long you, you spend a lot of time setting up an arts and crafts session 10 minutes and they're bored <laughs> and you think well oh, I've wasted the time and as you know as the lockdown was continuing the you know these kids 
for six, seven hours of the day, they're very, very bored. And the walls are coming in around them. And to have then this constant pressure from me to to be the best at their schoolwork, was, it's probably stressful for them as well as stressful for me. Mm. Um, yeah, certainly. And, and I really love your honesty, actually. So, so when did you... When, what do you think happened for you to trigger that that um, realization for you that actually striving to to actually be better than their teachers? And I think that we know the context that you're talking about. You're not saying that you you're not saying that in a derogatory way to the teachers. You're saying that it's my child on his own without all those other pupils around, with my focus, I know this, the curriculum, the syllabus, I can do this. What, what was going on for you in your own head, you know, physically for you, when you started to realize that that wasn't the case? Or if it was the case, it came with other consequences? Well, interestingly, the, um, uh, well, talking to you, yourself, Marie, you identified it. Um, and I... Um, was suffering with anxiety as a result of it, which was making uh, my, I, I have been quite unwell and quite poorly, um, you know, stomach issues. And that has probably been based around the ex- anxiety that I've put on myself mm-hmm. around home homeschooling. Uh, talking to other parents who mm-hmm. are all good parents no way were they putting the pressure on their children like I was. You know, they said, well, half nine starts and finish early and have some days off. And, um, you know, it doesn't, you don't have to fill, finish your day's work every day. You don't have to be the perfect. And interestingly, you made a comment to me that said the, the work that the teachers are giving is probably more than what's expected so that as parents we could dip in and dip out and take the point the things that are um, that we can do rather than having to do it all so that was interesting there was lots there's lots of tears there were lots of tears um, frustration it's difficult for children to take instruction from their parents mm. it's easy when it's a third party um, therefore the challenge is they will do the things they like to do and they're good at and the things they don't like and they're not good at um, it's a battle and you know there's tears from tears from me tears from them um, of course, then you feel like you're a bad parent mm. when all you're trying to do is the best for them, uh, but it's never going to be the best for them. Um, and yeah, it's and everything was negotiation and, and battle. A day at work is nothing compared to a day of homeschooling, <laughs> certainly. But. So when you listened to other parents saying how they viewed it and nobody's saying that any parent is right or wrong, there's no judgment on how anybody is dealing with this at all. But when you heard other people, you know, what actually, what was that triggering for you? You know, what were you actually hearing? That uh, I was putting too much pressure on myself mm. to be great. I And even today, and even taking the pressure off and the foot off the pedal, I still am anxious every day uh, 
of what they're missing out on. And they're absolutely probably not. Mm. But um, we just, uh, you know, we worry that um, because this has gone on for such a long time, are, you know, are they are they going to be the 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 year that isn't going to succeed? Uh, is it going to be the year that they have to battle? But it, do you know what? What I need to do is need to stop following what the, um, the school is saying as a curriculum and find different methods of teaching, mm. different methods that's more fun. Uh, and you've been involved in this, actually. Mm. Um, you know, my son, Aidan, has a real issue with writing and um, battles and refuses to do it. The, um, and it's a real area. Um, but what you've done is teach different methods you know and make it fun he did a he did a crossword for his daddy for father's day which mm. is brilliant and now the school has put it on the website as a <laughs> great so it doesn't have to be about the romans and the roman empire it can actually just be a fun exercise that um that just tries to utilize the skills um with with olivia at four it's much much easier getting her to count getting her to read and colouring all day long. I find the eight-year-old more challenging. I certainly don't know how somebody of a teenager age would mm. find it. Um, but yes, so just taking the, you know, a foot off the pedal and thinking, my goodness, I am stressing myself about this whole schooling aspect when actually I should be using it as a time to just have a lovely interaction with mm -hmm. my kids because I'll never get this time back again. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll never get this, you know, in a house, in our bubble with all this love. Um, and so I was letting homeschooling take priority as opposed to their well-being and their mental health. Yeah, I love, I love what you've said. Um, and there are so many things that you've just said, actually, and, and one of them is, is really about, um, I guess it's about getting out of our own way and, and utilizing the resources and support that we do have. Um, and, you know, and, and for me, it's been really fun, you know, because I'm not a teacher and actually all the ideas I've used to to be with Aidan on Zoom and to encourage him to write have come from my husband. I've sort of said, oh, what should I do with Aidan? And he'll, he'll say, oh, go do the alphabet and think of footballers who begin with different letters of the alphabet. And I'm like, oh God, that's a good idea. So none of us have got the answers. We just come at it from a moment of clear thinking and utilizing the support we've got. And there's something really in there. I think a message to other, other parents that there, there are friends of the family, there are relatives. You don't have to do all this on your own. You don't have to take all this responsibility and pressure on your own. And actually, there was a really lovely um, letter from a teacher, a global letter to every parent on the planet that I think was shared on social media. And it just basically said, look, you don't have to be the teacher. Just keep them well, keep them mentally steady and have them ready to come back to school in September and we'll pick up the pieces. And I thought that was beautiful. Really lovely. Definitely, it has been, um, the relationship has, is now so much better. Um, I don't feel uh, the intenseness of lockdown. Um, actually, 
loving it and wanting <laughs> it to continue because I've changed what I've, I've done. Um, you know, we go down to the river in the morning and run up hills and have some fun for half an hour um, because, you know, previously... They would get changed, they would have their breakfast, they would uh, get in the car, go to school, see their friends for a bit, and then start their school day. But now it was, you get out of bed, you have your breakfast, you go straight to a kitchen table. Mm. You know, for kids, that's challenging. Mm. So we go down the river, we have a bit of fun. Um, we pick and choose some topics that we have to do. We have half days now, we go on the bikes, and... And now it's, and, and the relationship between me and my kids have just seems so much better as well because they're not looking at me as this person who's going to enforce all this work in them. Mm. Um, it, you know, we can do it together. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. And, you know, talking to other people, you put on some uh, interesting comments from people about joined up writing. Mm. Because this whole pressure from, and they were, teachers were going, don't bother, it doesn't matter. Just get them involved, get them doing stuff, get them feeling good. And, you know, Aidan won't be going back to school until September, and he's absolutely fine with that now. That's, mm. He's happy at home, mm. he's happy with what we're doing. Um, it, it's, and it is interesting, it was, I thought it was Aidan's anxiety, and he was struggling with lockdown. But it wasn't. It was me. Mm. And that's so powerful, Paula. That's so powerful because what I'm hearing is because you know me. I I don't believe that any of us has anxiety. I believe that we have anxious thinking moment to moment, and that anxious thinking can be really quite dis. dis disabling and uh, debilitating at times and uh, and I think that you've definitely experienced that for sure and I think that listening to you now and 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 being an observer of your story over the last three or four months the kindness that you've done to yourself the kindness that you continue to do to yourself and therefore your children is huge Mm -hmm. because recognizing that that anxious thinking is yours it's your illusion, if you like. It's your story of homeschooling and and your children's future and what will or will not happen. Because, of course, we have no idea what's going to happen in the future at all. I just love to see it because it's such a gift to yourself, that kindness. And you were just talking about how things have changed at home. And, and what about your husband? You know, has he, has he seen anything different in the way, or is he working, you know, but has he seen anything different in the, in the sort of subtle shift in how you're looking at education at home now? Well, absolutely. Uh, you know, the, uh, the end of the day and the pressure was so much that you thought, uh, I need a glass of wine at four or five o'clock uh, <laughs> because because of the the stress and the pressure and now our just our family life is so much easier mm. they, they they're more chilled the kids are more chilled and, and then as a result Dave hasn't you know he, he doesn't feel he has to you know walk into a war zone he doesn't walk into a war zone anymore because we're doing movie afternoons and we're all on mm. the sofa having a nice time and or we're out doing things as opposed to, you know, I need to get away, I need to get away. I don't feel like I need to get away. Um, 
I, I you know, and, and there's aspect of it. And, you know, there, there's some parts where I think Dave's slightly missing out on this lovely time. Mm. Um, and he's, mi- because of working so much, I just, I, I just think it's a shame that not everybody can experience lockdown because it, it's, it's not going to, hopefully won't happen again anytime. <laughs> uh, and we should look back on it as a really good thing and a real family bonding time as opposed to a struggle. Yeah, I love the fact that you called it a war zone. And I can imagine a lot of people who might listen might feel that their experience of lockdown with however many children they've got at home and possibly if they haven't got a garden or access to outdoors, it, it really could feel like a war zone. I really, I really love the way you describe that. So what, what would you say then to any parent who... Who, who, because you talked about physical, physical symptoms of your anxious thinking, you know, what would you say to anybody else as, as a result of your own journey through this? I think we need to realize that we're, we aren't perfect and our kids aren't perfect. We're not teachers. And, and we're certainly not perfect mums, even though we'd like to be perfect mums. Lots of the time, I was I was shouting mum, and that's not the person I wanted to be, and it certainly isn't the person my kids want or need. Um, so uh, to get to a stage where uh, physically I was unwell is a it's a shame that it got to that stage, um, but realizing that life isn't perfect we can't do everything we can't be everything all the time and if we do 20% right then is that not better than 100% not oh beautiful and so true and and also I really feel at this point I want to say to you that it's okay it's okay to let ourselves off the fact that we might have got ourselves caught up in a, in a period of time where we did feel that we had physical symptoms, that that's okay too. It, we don't have to judge ourselves for how we f- well we feel we did or we didn't do. It's what's happening right now that's important. And, uh, and, and when I've been talking to Aidan, on our little little times together on a Tuesday morning, he's like, "Oh yeah, it's so much better. Oh yeah, she just she just doesn't shout so much. You know, like the <laughs> feedback is really lovely. So I I I I really celebrate that with you. It, it's challenging though. I have to be. I have to consciously stop myself you know and we are the way we're made up the way we are we can't help it sometimes people like structure and control and and I do want the best for them so I have to consciously uh, think about not putting the pressure on Uh, every day I have to think you know okay it's okay to not do anything Mm -hmm. it's okay to just do one thing um and that'll probably continue but that'll Mm. probably continue forever Mm. so it's it's me learning how to act in these difficult times because Mm -hmm. the kids are just being kids aren't they they are 
they are. And I know that the decisions that we make from a clearer thinking space are often better than the decisions we make from a really noisy headspace. And I think that's what you're saying, that, that when you see it, you see it, and when you don't, you don't. And that's normal too. <laughs> it, um, interestingly, though, it did take intervention for me to realize it um, by yourself. Uh, otherwise, you know, it might have been worrying how this would have spiraled um, and the pressure on all of us. And that's not good for anybody. So it, it sometimes it takes for somebody else to see it and acknowledge it and identify it to, to then I'll start making some changes. But absolutely, I mean... Uh, just letting them be kids for this odd time is will do them no harm. Mm. Well, Paula, I want to say Pabs because that's what I really call you. So I have to say <laughs> Pabs. Pabs, you know, listening to you is really, really, really interesting. And I think it, this story will resonate with so many people around the world, actually. But what's really What's really important, I think, is that you, we only hear what we want to hear when we're ready to hear it. And um, the thing that I heard you say is that you talked to other people, you reached out to other people, and you talked about shared experiences with others, and then you, you realized that actually we're all doing the best we can. I, I really love that element of your story. So if anybody wanted to get in contact with you... Um, to talk about your experience, to ask you anything, how, how might they do that? Uh, yeah, absolutely, no problem. Um, and this situation is hard to sometimes get across um, how I feel and, you know, and what I've done to change. So if anybody wants to contact me, of course, I'm more than happy to talk through. Probably the best thing would be through Facebook, uh, Paula Lachlan uh, in Bournemouth. I think I am the only one, so they can hunt me down that way. And yeah, so, you know, and I'm more than happy to just describe the anxieties I felt at the start and, you know, and, and how I've resolved that going forward and, you know, much, much happier place now, thank goodness. Oh, it's such a pleasure to talk to you, Pabs, as always. Thank you. Thanks, Marie. You've been listening to Precarious Parenting by Realisation Works. Subscribe to realisationworks.com to access more resources, including monthly blogs written to be shared with younger people.